Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys Podcast, with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. What is up, you beautiful people? Oh wait, that's Gary Hornsline. What's going on, everyone? This is Jay Cal, and with me is not DKM, it's not, it's not Jaden, it's not Kevin Frazier, it's wrestling with the MMA, we're going to call him Jeremy tonight, part of the Alliance Guys You've guys seen him in the chat before, but he's joining us tonight. We're going to talk some NWA wrestling. We're going to talk power. We're going to talk USA. And we're going to talk about this little show that's coming up this weekend called uh, Power Trip 2. I think that's what it's called. And uh, Jeremy, first of all, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, since since you're kind of new to this, uh, this, this uh, spot with the Alliance guys, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved? With the NWA, how did you discover the National Wrestling Alliance? Um, well, I grew up in south south uh, southwest Indiana in Evansville, Indiana, um, okay. and for a long time that was a hotbed for territory wrestling. For Memphis, regularly came through. Um, my grandfather uh, would always take us to the veterans memorial coliseum downtown and take us to the shows um that was whenever i was three four five six years old and ever since then i've just been hooked it's i just love it i i can't really explain what it is that draws me to wrestling but it it just that it there's something there you know um, I, I used to try to explain it as being like a uh, like comic books come to life. You know, you got these yes. bigger than yes. life people who do these extraordinary things, and for an hour, two hours, three hours, you're just kind of locked in on entertainment, and it's it's kind of a nice escape. Um, but what what brought you to today's NWA? Because uh, obviously, uh, the National Wrestling Alliance has changed a lot. Uh, over the last 30 plus years, I mean, it went from one of the biggest wrestling promotions on earth to almost out of business. And then, you know, to where it is now with Billy Corgan and, and where, where it is now, what, what brought you back to this NWA? Um, 
So I had gotten back into watching wrestling probably about 15 years ago. And with that was basically WWE and Impact. Sadly to say, when I thought about it being on, I'd drop in and watch it. Um, And then just as time went on, WWE especially to me just got staler and staler. Um, I wasn't interested or invested in any of the stories that they were putting out. Um, And I just so happened to come across the headline on my Google news feed letting me know that Billy Corgan had bought the NWA and was going to start putting out shows on YouTube. And I liked the Smashing Pumpkins growing up. And (laughs) I'm a wrestling fan, so it just it seemed like a perfect fit. And I watched that first episode, and and I was, like I said, I was hooked. I, I, I liked everything that they were doing. Um, my favorite was what really got me into it was the question mark and Aaron Stevens. Yeah. Just the fact that I had, I had went back and watched some of Josephus's earlier matches and saw what he was capable of in a serious manner. So with, I know that some people didn't care for the comedy side of it and stuff, but there's room for everything in wrestling. 100%. As long as it's done right and it makes sense. And with Aaron and Josephus, those are two guys that understand the business and are a wealth of, are a wealth of knowledge. For sure. So they made it make sense. And I got, I got into that. Um, I bought into just despising Nick Aldis. I'm, <laughs> I've been very vocal in, in, in the, this is the old, this is the NWA chats on live streams and on Twitter. I'm surprised I had, he hasn't, he hasn't blocked me, you know? <clears throat> um, but I, I, I've never said anything like crass or anything, but then again, you don't really have to with some people, you know, <clears throat> I never said anything crass either. Right. That's, you know, so <laughs> that that's, that's what so, I know how you are on Twitter. So I was just like, why did he get blocked? But, you know, I, it may have been the wrong day for him. I don't know. I've heard and like, okay. So, I'm normally in life and, and with, you know, we step aside from wrestling in life. I'm a very positive person. I preach that PMA all day, every day. Yep. And one of the things, and, and I can't, I kind of respect this about Nick is that he knows that those negative vibes that are out there on the internet. Uh, I mean, this is what I was told. I, I don't know if this is hundred percent accurate, but he knows that those, those vibes are out there and he's not going to let it penetrate which in some ways I think is kind of cool because he's self-aware saying, Hey, those things are going to bring me down and I don't want to be brought down. So yep. I'm going to push them aside and ignore them. And I, yeah. think, I, I, I can respect that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can respect that. So, I, I mean, 
I don't take the ban as a, as a badge of honor. Like it's not something I'm proud of. I, I've spent a lot of time, you know, celebrating this dude. I went all the way to, went all the way to China. I still have my press pass right? to see that guy. And uh, so, so I, I did feel a little bit hosed at, at the time, but you know, as we all look back in hindsight's 2020 and I, I feel like, uh, you know, whatever keeps your peace, man. You know, it's, yeah. it's not for me to, to – I, I tell it like it is how I see it through my eyes, you know, and everyone else has yep. a different set of eyes. So, so be it, man. Um, <laughs> I hope I hope he's – I hope he has peace and I hope he's happy and, and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, like you, there's there's some things I did not like about his uh, last run as world champion, and and I, I voiced those opinions. Yeah. You know, um, and then with I, I bought into the whole to the whole Nick feud with with Tim Storm. Um, Zicky Dice for me was the breakout star of the first season, and he really helped get me get me involved in and and really enjoying um, the NWA as well. Uh, since then, I've went on to to follow him on Twitch and I moderate for him on Twitch as like I would moderate for you on Twitch as well. Um, so that's, that's, that's always fun and interesting. He, he's <laughs> quite the interesting cat. Um, but he puts himself out there, you know, he, he's willing to, he's willing to get out there and, and, you know, not push the line, but he knows what his fans like and what they expect from him, and he tries to deliver on that. Uh, his last show, uh, Trouble in Paradise, that he did on Twitch. Yeah, there were some there. There were some spots in that that I didn't care for, you know. But overall, I thought it was a great show. Um, I applaud him for for taking that chance. You know, he he totally put himself out there, and now he's with Impact. Yeah, you know. I think you got to respect a guy who bets on themselves. Like I, that's one of the things in, 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 I don't want to bring up too many bad memories, but the whole do it yourself movement in pro wrestling, I think was an amazing time. And you, you know, and the people that kind of echoed that in that brought that to the forefront, guys like Colt Cabana, Adam Pierce, uh, and then later the young bucks and he, even Joey Ryan, um, yeah. you know, despite what Joey Ryan became and who he, who he was, uh, the fact that he put himself out there and and got over and and was able to do it on his own like there was no major company pushing Joey Ryan and yes he's a, a terrible human being and all that stuff but um, the fact that he was able to get himself out there and the same thing with the young bucks you know with without the negative uh, to get to that point to get to that moment I felt like that's incredible and Zicky dice in the same fashion, He's out there. He's putting himself out there. He's his name is well known, um, and, and he yes, he's an impact. But like, he was a big deal before he got to impact. Yeah. So I, yeah. you gotta you gotta t- definitely tip your hat to that guy and being able to make things work the way he has. Seeing, I I I very much, I, I very much applaud that DIY attitude. I I was a punk rock kid growing up, and that's okay. you know that's that's all DIY. You know trying to just make something out of nothing. So I applaud that. And, and I, 
I truly respect that in anybody, yeah. you know, in, in any field. So, one hundred percent, I I totally agree with you on that one. Um, so what we normally do here on the Alliance Guys podcast, if you guys are tuning in for the first time, is well, we always we're always talking about the NWA. We're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance, and uh, every Thursday we we recap we review we retcon everything that we saw on tuesday night um and then we also have lately started talking about of course nwa usa as uh that has become one of the better half hours of uh, wrestling you'll see every, every week and we th- we preview the pay-per-views and we also preview the premiere live events and we've got a premiere live event this weekend so let's touch on that first if you don't mind jeremy okay um, now, now, for those of you who, are, again, are new to the show, the premier live events are taped in front of a live studio audience and presented uh, later on uh, episodes of Power that airs on uh, Fight TV or on YouTube, depending on what day you want to watch it. And the shows themselves are, are usually um, booked more resembling a pay-per-view. You'll see more high-profile matches. And uh, it's fun for the fans. We, we had a title change at the last premier live event when Matt Cardona became NWA world's heavyweight champion by beating Trevor Murdoch. Um, sometimes, Oh, we also have the national champion too, Anthony Mayweather, Anthony Mayweather beating Chris Adonis to win the title. So uh, this premier live event uh, power trip Two, is a little bit different. There's not as many titles on the line. Uh, some of these matches aren't as high profile as in the past, but it looks like it's going to be a pretty fun event. Um, wrestling with MMA. What are, what are your thoughts on it so far from some, some of the matches you've heard or, or what are your thoughts initially on this show? Um, I'm not really that intrigued by it. It, it, it seems kind of like honestly a way it, just, just make it tapings for, for regular power events or, or USA. I don't, It, it seems silly, honestly. It it, it, I, it seems like an ego stroke, kind of. This this card in particular, um, it certainly to me is lacking in the wow factor, and yeah, there is a lot of uh, it's disconnected from the television. So when these matches air next month, I guess. Um, I'm not going to feel as connected to these matches unless, unless I'm wrong. And there's this elaborate plan that Billy Corgan has that we're not aware of. I don't know how these matches lead up to the next pay-per-view or how these matches uh, extend power. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a disconnect now. I mean, look, there's some great talents on this card and I do know this at some of these premier live events and, almost all the pay-per-views, the matches themselves deliver, whether the booking makes sense. Uh, the matches are usually pretty good, but I'm with you on this one. I, I, I'm not super feeling it. And the, and the biggest reason is um, we've got one title match on this card. Um, yeah. The tag team champions are in Mexico. The world champion is booked with impact. The Briscoes are booked with impact. Uh, there's no women's title match on the line. There's no, as far as we know, Thus far, there's no women's tag team title match on the line. The national champion is set in a tag team match that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I... 
the the TV champion is being booked as a as a autograph signing for his new book. So it's like, uh, <laughs> where's the where's the wrestling? Um, I will say that uh, if you put genocide on your card, uh, that she's probably going to give you a, a really solid women's wrestling match. Um, do you have any thoughts on genocide? Powerhouse. Uh, I would, I would really like to see more of her in the ring. I would really like to see her get the push, get a push for the belt. And she is a legit threat to Camille. Hands down. Size, power, skill set, you know, she's she's the total package. She delivers on, on all points. <clears throat> I, um, I happen to feel like she, so she, she, her, uh, genocide kind of came into the scene um, right around the same time as Lady Frost. And uh at the time, I thought they were students of Thunder Rosa. I thought this was a whole Mission Pro thing. So they're not, they weren't students of Thunder Rosa. They just uh, talented females. So when Genocide came in, uh, I was blown away. Uh, her and Lady Frost, I felt like, had these very complete gimmicks, very complete wrestlers. And something yes. that the NWA didn't have a lot of is like these complete packages. You had Thunder Rosa, you have Camille. And then, you know, back then we had Melina, but then after that, there wasn't a whole lot of like, okay, well, we know who Allison Kay is. We know who uh, Marty Bell is, but there wasn't like real characters. Um, right. So, so when you had uh, Genocide show up and Lady Frost, I felt like, wow, these are ready to go. Two great yep. female competitors. And uh, I agree with you. She's a powerhouse. I think they could build her up to be uh, a number one contender for Camille. Hell, she could be the one to take the belt off of Camille if they if they plan the story right. Um, yeah, and I mean, you watch her. Like, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram or Twitter or anything, but like she trains, and like her her fiance, or I, I don't think they're married yet. Her fiance is like an MMA fighter, and she's doing like crunches while he's like punching her in the stomach. I'm like, that's hardcore, man. Uh, yeah, that. I, I show I show my my son a video of that one day, and he was just like, "Wait, what?" And I was just like, "Yeah, yeah he, that dude's an MMA dude, and and he's not hauling off on her by any yeah. means, but he's not giving her little love taps either. He's getting nice little jabs in there, and I, I don't know about you, but." Two or three good jabs to the stomach, and I'm probably gonna have to puke. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, so let's go through some of the matches. And uh, you know, I don't know which match orders which here, to be perfectly honest with okay. you. But there's some matchups here that I think, on paper, look pretty good. One in particular that I'm kind of excited about is this matchup with Tom Latimer versus Rhett Titus. Now, I know Tom Latimer had to take some time outside of the ring. I don't know if he's 100%. Uh, I hope he is. But uh, Tom Latimer will be in the ring with Rhett Titus, your former Ring of Honor TV champion, uh, most recently challenged for the World Junior Heavyweight title just uh, well on uh, the last episode of Power. Uh, this one seems to me like it's going to be a good matchup. I, know, I, I believe there's some sort of rivalry between the two and the local wrestling promotion. And, um, you know, Tom Latimer, as Kevin uh, Frazier once said, is 
probably one of the most complete male wrestlers on the roster. Has the look, has the promos, uh, certainly can wrestle. And every time we see Rhett Titus, I, I mean, I feel like that guy just keeps getting better and better, more aggressive. Uh, his, his match with Homicide, we'll, we'll talk about later. Uh, just really good stuff. What, what do you think about this one? Are you excited about this match? Could, could this one sway you at all? Tom Latimer is highly underrated. I feel underutilized in the NWA. Uh, he should definitely be in a title picture for any and all of them. Rhett Titus, I, I've, I've been newly introduced to him. But, man, that guy is just – he looks like he's chiseled out of stone. He has – he comes in there and he gets in the ring. You know, he's, you know, he's in there to do business. You know, he's not going to pull, he's not going to hold anything back from what I've seen so far. He, he, he goes out there and he gives you your money's worth on a match. I feel. Yeah. Um, whenever I first saw him, I had just watched every which way, but loose with, Clint Eastwood, and I got that vibe of just like a pit fighter kind of guy. You, you throw him into any situation, a hook or crook, he's going to come out of it. He may be scratched up, but you're going to know you got into it with him. And yeah. that, and with Latimer, he's just, he has a brutality to him. He hits a point in a match, and he get, he gets a brutality to him that's I haven't seen in a long time and a wrestler and it's impressive to watch him work. You know, he's great on the mic. He's, he's got good moves. He's very technical. You know, I like, I like any match that I've seen him in. So this is one that I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on for sure. I think the, the interesting thing about Tom Latimer is when you're a guy that's built the way that he is, I mean, he, he doesn't rely on his power. He doesn't rely on his strength. I mean, he could go out there and just be a power wrestler, but he, he could actually wrestle too. And that's the scary yeah. thing is, yeah. uh, you know, if he was just a power guy, I mean, he, he I guess the uh, comparison I could use is he's not the ultimate warrior. You know, he doesn't go out there and throw a couple of power slams, body slams, shoulder tackle, pin, match over. He actually gets out there and puts in some work and you can see him yeah. in the ring. He looks pretty good. Um, you know, I, I Sean Mega, Terry McDermott, uh, they don't like uh, they don't like our girl Genocide as the uh, as the gimmick. They 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 think she should be at a gimmick and just uh, just be herself. I, I don't know. I I'm of the theory that I think uh, as a gimmick, uh, it works. She's believable as a part robot, part female assassin. I, I don't know. I, I disagree with you guys. Um, I, I I I agree and disagree with them. I agree with you on the fact that she is her character is solid. There, there was no still working out or fine tuning anything. That's a solid gimmick. She has that character. She lives that character. On the flip side of that, though, there's in, there there's interest in in real life. You know, yeah, that's. The, the most compelling stories in wrestling are have have real life sprinkled into them. Sure. You know, so 
she does have a compelling real life as well, but that could be her way of separating the two. Yeah. You know, the business is business. My life, my personal is my personal. I I think back to like um like John Cena, right? When John Cena came into independent wrestling, uh, he was the prototype. I don't know if yes. people remember this. This is when he broke in in Southern California, UPW, which was uh, kind of like a developmental for the WWE. Uh, his whole gimmick was basically like the guy from um, uh, oh, the fighting game. He he was like part like his gimmick was like I'm fifty percent man, fifty percent machine, one hundred percent wrestler. Yep. Yes, that was like his that was his promo, and so he evolved from that, uh, obviously. And by the right. time he was main eventing the WWE, I mean he was a different character altogether. But I think there's room for that to work. And I, I, I don't know personally. I just think it's in a world where there's not a whole lot of gimmicks. Having a gimmick makes you seem more unique and special. So, well, I, I, I think uh, here, here's a comparison for you. Who really wanted to see Mark Calloway wrestle? There you go. I mean, uh, he was a great wrestler for sure, but he was a lot more interesting as the Undertaker. No offense to Calloway by any means, but not at all. He lived that that was his gimmick. He knew that gimmick inside out. He made that gimmick, you know, and he lived like, it. Just like Steve Borden and the Sting, you know, like uh nobody yeah. nobody cared about Steve Borden until he put the face paint on. Yeah. Uh, our pal, what would Luthez do? Thinks that uh, you sound an awful lot like Sean Waltman. Do you get that a lot? <laughs> I, I'm, I, Luthez, I can tell. I'm, I've seen Sean Waltman in person. I'm a lot taller and bigger than he is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back more to the uh, to the show. Uh, one match, I think, is another. So. I've already told you, I don't feel very inspired by this card, but there are a few matches that I think, wow, this if, if it goes the right way, this could be a lot of fun. Now, I'm right. not a huge I'm not a huge Mike Knox fan at all. In fact, no. if I never saw him again, it, I wouldn't feel bad. But I am a huge <laughs> Harry Smith fan. And when I think about Harry Smith being, you know, six foot four, 240 pounds, maybe 230, because he's kind of lean, but he's muscular. Going to war with another guy who's about the same size. I mean, this is what we like to call a hoss fight. And I just keep thinking, like, this match, Harry Smith, Mike Knox, if they just take the gloves off and go, you know, go wild and just, just let the hosses fight, man. I think that this I think this could be a lot of fun. Uh, again, Harry, this kind of continues from Crockett Cup slightly because the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, Harry Smith is connected to – Nick Aldis via the Commonwealth connection and Doug Williams and Doug Williams and the British invasion and Nick Aldis. And when, uh, when, when the Cardonas came out during Crockett cup to interfere in that match, it was Harry and Williams who came out there to, uh, to, to prevent that from happening. So, I mean, for that point, it, it does have a smidgen of storyline, uh, but ultimately I just want to see a, a, a Haas match in that one. Yeah. I, I grew up, I grew up with the British Bulldog. He was one of my favorites growing up. Um, I was, I was so happy that that my high school mascot, whenever I was growing up, was going to be a bulldog because I was that big of a fan of the British Bulldog. Um, 
I could watch Harry Smith wrestle a pillow. <laughs> I just, uh, I could watch him wrestle the invisible man. I would be entertained. Um, Mike Knox, I could care less, but like you said, played outright. If done right, this could be a great hoss match. They match up size wise really well. Harry can go. He has hands. You know, he's not just a wrestler. He has hands on top of it. You know, this could be quite interesting. And while his skill set, while his move set is limited, he does, he does, Knox does have, can pull off some decent power moves. Yeah. You know, and with the right person leading him, and Harry Smith is definitely the right person to be across from. He can he can he can put in the work. He didn't get into WWE for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get in there because you're you're well. I forgot about James Ellsworth. <laughs> Look, that was only supposed to be a few uh, like <laughs> But he got over, you know, he he, he made it work. Yeah. You know? And Knox can make it work. Like I said, Harry Smith, if he listens to him and, and they, they play it out right, it can be a good match. You know, he's got the right person across from him. You know, and he's and he's got Cardona. He's under Cardona's wing. You know, say what you want about his character or whatever. That the man knows wrestling. He lives it and breathes it. So I'm sure I would hope that. Being under that tree of knowledge, he's some apples are falling on his head. Yeah, I, and I think I, I want to say Knox was a part of Aces and Eights too, right? Back in the yes. Impact days, like he look, he's not awful. Let, let, no. Let's just I want to clear that out. He's not awful to me. He's just bland, and I'm not. Yes. I'm not invested. Um, now, a lot of people could say, "Well, sure, there's a lot of guys on the roster you're not invested in." Okay, fair point. Um, but he's a guy that they're they're pushing to the upper card. Uh, I mean, he had title matches against Trevor Murdoch, uh, and those matches were just fine. Um, right. And I don't blame Trevor for those matches. I just right. You know. But uh, again, if they play it out correctly, I think it could still the show just being a big old hoss fight. But oh yeah. That, you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, another match that they're booked. Uh, and this is weird to me because one of these wrestlers has only made one appearance in the NWA so far. The other one we haven't seen on uh, anything to do with the NWA. And uh, that is uh, Ella Envy versus Max the Impaler. Oh. Now, I, I know nothing about Max the Impaler. And the only thing I know about Ella Envy <laughs> is what I saw at Crockett Cup. And uh, I guess apparently she used to team with uh, Kenzie Page regularly on the Indies. That's why they got a shot at the Hex. Um, Ella Envy has a lot of sass and attitude. She certainly knows how to work the audience. Um, she's one of those – she's the kind of wrestler that I think works on any card because she can work the crowd. Um, yes. But, but uh, I just have to pull it back up because I can't remember their name. Max the Inhaler, I have no connection to. I don't, I don't know where they come from. And notice how I'm using the pronouns that they prefer. I don't know where she, where they come from. I don't know who they are. So I hope, uh, I hope they will put their best foot forward when it comes to this uh, 
this uh, premiere live event. Okay, so with Ella Envy, I I know I know as much of her I know as much about her as you do, just from what I saw of her at the Crockett Cup. Now with Max the Impaler, she terrifies me. <laughs> yeah, she terrifies me. She reminds me of um, Abaddon, I yes. believe is her name in AEW. Um, a mix between her and Rosemary from Impact. Yeah. Um, I caught her at, um, she was on Zicky Dice's Trouble in Paradise too. Okay. And she came out and wrestled and she's a, she's another one that could be a legitimate threat built up properly for Camille. She is, or they, I, I believe, I, I believe Max goes by they. Yeah. Um. Max is another one that could be a legitimate threat if properly built up for Camille. Has the size, has the strength, the 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 ability. I they were ragdolling the person. I, I I can't remember who they who they wrestled, but they came out in a bear costume and then they the reveal happened and was ragdolling this person. And it was a it was a guy, I believe. Thought I thought it was Masha Slamovich, but I could be wrong. Oh, it, okay, yes, yes, Masha Slamovich. Okay, and and but, she, she in fact did look terrified. Of, so okay, I do. Then I did see Max the Impaler. Yes, I see that. Yes, and, uh, and yeah, you're right. She they ragdoll um, Masha all over the ring with no problem. I just yeah the again with the right storyline built up could be a legitimate threat. In, in, in not that, uh, not that the NWA needs me to book anything for them, but you know, when, when Hulk Hogan was on top, right. Uh, right. That's when Vince started bringing in all the monsters. They brought in, you know, King Kong Bundy, Kamala, uh, you know, yes. John stud and, and each and every time he tried to find someone bigger and stronger, than Hulk Hogan to beat him and Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. So I yes. mean, there's. I feel like if the NWA has these long term plans for Camille, this is the way to go. You bring in someone like Max the Impaler and put them in the ring with Camille. Let her face somebody who's stronger and bigger and see what yes. she can do. It certainly would be a good way to get her over as a babyface. Yes. Um, Sean, Sean Mega points out Akeem Bossman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just it just felt like they kept trying to go bigger and bigger and bigger. Get somebody that, that would be bigger than Hogan. That would be that Hogan would have difficulty body slamming. This yes, could be, if that's the plan. I don't want to. Someone told me one of the reasons why I don't enjoy the NWA is because I try to book it for the way I would want it. And that it'll never be the way that I want it, and just to accept it the way it is, which is fair. I, I mean, that's totally fair. But sometimes I feel like there's so many missed opportunities when it comes to their booking that it, that's what kind of aggravates me. I think I think as wrestling fans, though, I think we all secretly book in our heads. Yeah. You know, whether we admit it or not, you know, we all secretly book. We all want this person to go up against this person, and we'd all love to see this person get a run at this or, you know, 
So, I I, I, that's um, what I love about wrestling, though, because it, it always keeps me it always keeps me involved. You know, as long as as long as the the stories are good and and, and the right people are there, you know, if the talent's there, I can always dream. You know. <laughs> No, and you can't, and that's the thing about it, man. You you can, you can always make things uh, a little bit better, a little bit different. Um, and, and the thing with the NWA is, like, I feel like they get very close to what I want it to be, which yes. I guess sounds very selfish, but it's so close to what I want it to be that just a few little tweaks here and there, and it would be the the best show in the world. Yes, for me, not necessarily anyone else, but for me. <laughs> uh, so that, that brings up a match that uh, I'm not excited about, and I kind of hope that he just decides to clothesline everyone, and that would be when our national champion, Jax Dane, teams with Magic Jake to take on the miserably faithful uh, Sal Renaro and Judeus. Uh, like I said, this match I have almost zero uh, connection to. I love Jax Dane. Uh, he's one of my favorite yes. guys. One of my favorite guys in the NWA, both as a wrestler and as a human being. Um, I'll yes. never have a negative thing to say about Jack Stane. His promos have gotten so good. He's to me, he's maybe the best heel in the company right now. And Spitting that pop hot lock, fire. That pop lock clothesline, that Western Lariat, whatever you want to call it, the Russian sickle. I mean, the Steiner line, whatever you want to call it, he's literally pulling people's heads off with that move. Yes. Um, that's all I care about. I just want to see him clothesline some dude and, and, and send him in the next year. Yeah. Uh, do you have any hopes for this one? Just clothesline over. Just walk into the ring. Tell Jake, stand over there. Watch how it's <laughs> done. Clothesline their heads off. Cover them both at the same time. Stack them up. Get the three. Dust your shoulder off. Wipe your feet off as you walk out the ring. Be done. Collect your paycheck. And I'm not. Go ahead. I'm just. I'm not. It, it. You've got him. You've had. You had time. You could have built up some sort of storyline for him to go into. You know, he could have. He could have. He could have caught you could have set him up with Davari for that matter. Had him go out. You, you want to run your mouth about, about getting shots and stuff? Come take something. There's, you know, there's a dozen guys on the roster that I felt would have been better suited to have a one-on-one -on -one match with Jack Stane, including Judias. Yeah. Judias was in the hunt for the national title uh, when Adonis was champion. When Judias came in, he won that battle royal at the 73rd anniversary pay-per-view and secured that opportunity to wrestle for the national title. Uh, ended up wrestling James Storm twice over that opportunity. I don't know. that. I guess he did get a shot eventually against uh, Adonis and lost. But, you know, since then, things have changed. I don't know, putting him in the ring with Jax might be fun. Uh, I'm not always about the heel-on-heel -heel conflict because I feel like, uh, especially in the in a promotion like the NWA, it 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 really kind of confuses the audience. Right. But, I mean, you could. there's a couple of baby faces on the roster that could have challenged for that title. Aaron Stevens right now is kind of in no man's land. He's a former national champion himself, 
you could have put him into that slot and it would have at least made sense on paper. Yeah. Um, you could have put it, you know, I wouldn't have put the Pope in that match. I, I wouldn't put Mims in that match, but uh, you know, uh, I guess maybe there isn't that many guys that you could put in into a title match with Jack's name. Nah, that's kind of where he's where he's kind of pigeonholed right now because there's outside of of the Pope who you don't want to see go for that right now. Mims who needs to be built up a little bit more, and Aaron Stevens. There's not really much. There's not really anybody who's who's really a legitimate threat to him, you know. And him and May, him and Crimson Mayweather have already played their stuff out, so that's that's done and over with. Yeah, that would only be the only other legitimate threat that they have, you know. I think this may have been a good idea to maybe be a, a non-title match between Judas and Jax. And then possibly have put if you if you wanted to put Jake and Sal on the card, have them be like a cool off match in between a, a hard hitter, you know, yeah. and have them do their 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 back and forth. You know, they're they're both good at their at their little gimmicks, you know. That would have been a funny little cool off in between a hard hitter, you know. There wouldn't have been nothing wrong with booking that that way. You didn't have to, this the way this is booked, it just makes no sense. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, there's a giant disconnect from the from the TV tapings to the pay per views to these live events, and, and it's 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 interesting because if if we're to understand, if we're to believe what we've been told, Billy Corgan's booking this. So so right. You know, if I'm telling a story, and I like to fancy myself as a little bit of a writer. Um, you know, you have to go from point A to point B. You know, one of the reasons why I, I'm a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the, one of the reasons why it works is because everything's connected. And things right. typically don't happen unless there's an, a reason for it. There's some sort of bigger meaning for it. So everything stays connected. And I feel like there's this huge disconnect in the Marvel, excuse me, in the, in the, in the NWA, where it's not following like a suit. Um, so, like, you know, Jack Stane beat Anthony Mayweather. Okay, cool. Um, now, this match, I mean, he's been feuding with Marche Rocket. I mean, they're, well, not even feuding. There's been ongoing uh, discussions between Marche and Anthony May, excuse me, uh, Marche and uh, Jack Stane about a match. And, you know, I guess that match is happening this Saturday on the NWA USA. But that would have been the place to have this match because there's been a storyline built for it. Right. Um, you know, if you want to just put random babyface up against Jack Stane, I mean, it looks like the ill-begotten are turning into babyfaces. Um, so maybe a Rush Freeman versus Jack Stane. I don't. I wouldn't put Mims in that match just because I don't think you want to hurt. Mims has too much. Mims is growing right now in front of our eyes as this potential superstar. And I yes. think if he takes a loss to Jack Stane today, it's going to hurt him down the road. He's already lost yes. to Jack Stane. He got a victory back, but then he lost. And I think you just leave him and Jacks alone. So if you're going to just throw somebody at him, uh, oh, Devin, Devin Dowling just came up with the answer right there. What about Scion versus Dane? Perfect. There's a, yeah. 
That's another one. You know, uh, and that's one that, and I, 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 I hate to mention his name because of, he's, if you say it, he, he tends to pop up, but I'm intrigued by the storyline between Scion and Austin Idol. Yeah. You know, I, I not like super in depth into it, but there's some intrigue to it. You know, I want to know what he knows, what's going on. Yeah. What what do you have what do you have in your back pocket with that? And that would be a good that would be a good way to advance that even further by putting him in there with Jack Stane. Yeah. Have Idol come out and cost him another another one. You know, keep building upon that. Especially with Sion in the position that he's in right now. I mean, he keeps talking about he wants a title. He wants a title. He wants a title. Right. And it seems for the moment, like he even recently posted on uh, on Twitter a photo of the national title, making it seem like that's what he wants. So right. give him that shot. And with um, the storyline that they've got going on with him in Austin, he could take the losses and he, and, and, and still be sympathetic. For sure, you know he could he could take he could take loss after loss after loss after loss, as long as you know Idol was involved in one way, shape, or form. Idol, Idol Sports man- Management, what whatever you know, but he could continue to take losses and really build that storyline up, and then once he got it, it would really mean something. Yeah, you know. But then again, I'm just a guy sitting on his couch in his living room. Well, <laughs> same, you know, except for uh, I'm on a chair in the closet with a podcasting area. Uh, <laughs> next matchup is uh, this is an interesting one um, because Kenzie Page and Camille have been rivals actually for quite some time. In fact, Kenzie Page is challenged for that Women's World Championship like three times already two of which were are NWA programs, and one of them was outside of the NWA. And they're taking on a, a weird pairing of Killian King and Misa Kate. Now, Killian King was introduced to us at the Empower uh, pay-per-view. And when she came on, when she came into the show, uh, she was a tag team with, a, uh, oh, God, what was her name? Red Velvet, I think. Yes. And and they were they were a great tag team. Killian came off as a babyface. She had her first match in the NWA. She came off as a babyface. Kenzie Page is a babyface. Camille's being converted to a babyface. And Misa Kate has been very much a heel. So, uh, again, some very much disconnection here. Um, We got Jaden now joining us, too, on the show. Uh, What what are your thoughts on this one, Jeremy? What do you think? Does this match look good to you? As with any match, and as we've said, if it's if it's done right, any match can be great. This one doesn't intrigue me because, again, there's the is Camille going babyface? Is that why she's teaming with Kenzie Kenzie Page? Because they had some they had some banger matches, <clears throat> and then with Kaylin King, I'm not I'm not too familiar with her. Um, just since she's came into the NWA, she's interesting. I like her style. And I like I like I like her character and everything, but I don't know I don't know enough about her. And she's been presented as a babyface. 
Yeah. And then with uh, Misa Kate, she like you, she's definitely a heel. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. She's she's a heel. She's another one. Um, Ella, who's Ella Envy? Yeah, Ella Envy. She play can. Um, they both play really well to the crowd. Yes. You know that that they play up that hill really really well for the crowd. So I don't know if maybe maybe we're gonna see a turn with um, Kaylin King. Maybe I, I don't know. I, it it could be it could be a good match, but I'm not. I don't have any investment in it. What about you, Jaden? What do you think about this potential matchup? Any excitement? No, um, honestly, no. <laughs> there are exceptions to this rule I'm about to say, and, and you know, unfortunately, you know, rules of wrestling are almost subjective nowadays. Uh, instead of following them, they're more of suggestions than rules. But with with an occasional exception, exception, when you have a multi-person match for a championship, it usually means you're. No, it's not a title match. Oh, it's a tag match. It's a tag match. Yep. Okay. Never mind. I'm screwed. I didn't know. All right. <laughs> All right. I don't understand why it's a tag match then, because isn't it the point to, if you're going to have a premium live event, to have the championship there and what's building up to this championship uh, or this I tag did. team match? I don't. I don't watch, but I listen to you guys, and so far nothing has seemed to, in any way, shape, or form, make sense other than, hey, we got four wrestlers. What can we do? Let's put them in a tag match. Yeah, Again, it, another missed opportunity where you've got you've got the title holder there. Put him in a match. I, and again, it's uh, like look uh, the night before, Kenzie Page is in part of a uh, like I, I guess it's like a five way match with uh, Camille. Um, or or no, I'm sorry, I looked at the flyer wrong. It's a it's a straight up title match for Camille on uh, Friday night at Flawless Wrestling. And then Saturday night, they're tag teaming. So it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, the, the NWA doesn't control how the title is booked outside of the NWA. That's not, you know, I, I don't think they're that uh, controlling when it comes to it. But it, you would just think that maybe, maybe you do something where it makes a little bit of sense for the next night, even if they're on opposite sides of the team, you know, which kind of, again, with, with Cam- Camille hasn't gone full baby face yet. She's, right. she's kind of a tweener right now. So putting her uh, with Misa Kate, who they teamed before, um, again, I think that would have been the more natural fit, putting Killian King and uh, and uh, Kenzie Page on one side with Camille and, and Misa Kate. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I don't want to get myself too worked up over that match. Uh, you know, Camille's in it, so you know, there's going to be some elements that'll be fun. Killian King is is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm impressed by Kenzie Page every time I see her. Uh, Misa Kate uh, does a good job of, like you said, working the crowd. She's a good heel, so uh, there is potential for this one. But again, on paper, it just doesn't it doesn't line up. And no. I guess if if you quit trying to look at the show uh, as being booked well and looked at more of just a, a wrestling event, just matches. Uh, maybe it becomes less uh, irritable, but to me, it's like, how hard is it to make these things connect? Right. Is this really an NWA card, though, or is this just somebody else's card that NWA decided to throw its name on to try to up their PPV market? 
Well, so this is uh, it's it's being produced in conjunction with Tried and True Pro Wrestling, but it's still. I mean, I I still believe it's an NWA event. Um, you know that 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 ring is going to say NWA on it. It's not going to say Tried and True, and uh, you know. I, I don't. I I know for a fact that uh, Mr. William Patrick Corgan um, likes to have his hands on everything. So I I, I want to believe that this is still very much uh, his creation, but uh, I don't know. I, I can't answer that one hundred percent for sure. Um, the next matchup, which um, I mean theoretically should be the the main event, uh, would be the World Junior Heavyweight Title, and. Uh, I think uh, this, I mean, look, there's no other title on the line. So this match, uh, by the sure virtue of it being a, uh, a title match, should probably be the main event. And that's Homicide versus Colby Carino. Uh, I know that uh, Colby produced a video uh, leading up to this matchup, talking about the hate, talking about the dynasty, the legacy of the Carinos versus Homicide. And uh, I don't know, I think this is a good I think this will be a very good match. And this one does kind of uh, have that credibility where it, it, it's being pulled straight from the uh, the TV show. So I feel like uh, they did invest in this one. Yeah. What do you think I, about this one, uh, Jeremy? Um, so this is one that goes back a couple few years at least. Um, they have a storied history together. Homicide, I, what's not to love about homicide? I mean, it's homicide. <laughs> it's just, I love the guy. It, he, he comes out there, and, and especially since he's gotten the title, I, we've seen a, I feel we've seen, we're seeing a whole different side of homicide. It's almost like he's coming out with his, with, with his kid or something. Yeah, you know, just showing it all so proudly, you know. And he's just so so upbeat and everything. It, it, it's it's kind of weird um, with Kobe. Um, I know he gets he 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 kind of gets the short end of the straw by some by, by some people. Um, I know Ke- Kevin was not a not a fan of him at all. Nope. Um, but I like him. I, I he's a natural heel. He totally embraces it. He knows the business. I just, this one is one that I'm really interested to see. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Kobe walked out with it. I really wouldn't just, and that's not to, to put down homicide in any way. I just, I think it would be a nice little. I I, I want to see Homicide carry it for a lot longer, but I think it'd be a nice little twist, and it'd shock a lot of people. Jaden, you have any predictions on this one? Wrestling shouldn't shock anybody unless shocking that person makes money. Uh, it shouldn't be done for shock value only, because if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Um, I think it's too soon for this matchup, but I've, that's ironically the only match I have any slight interest in. Wait, 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 real quick. You missed it earlier. Uh, Tom Latimer versus uh, Rhett Titus. I know you're. I know you have interest in that one. Yeah, but I think Rhett's only there because to make Titus uh, to make Latimer look good because I don't believe he's as good as everybody else thinks he is. 
<laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Continue. So, um, it's the only match I have any real interest in when it comes to like his build up and stuff. But I think it's too soon for it. Homicide needed a bunch of wins. Colby should have got a bunch of wins, and they should have been the immovable object and the irresistible force going one on one. You know, both of them in in a huge trajectory where they're built built up to be these two top challengers and then have that big match and maybe like the anniversary or somewhere where it's a really big deal taking the championship off of of homicide right now is a, a bad decision uh, it's too soon and it makes really, it completely negates his championship win especially because he's had what one or two defenses on power and uh usa yes at best He's, he's actually been one of the most active champions as of late. He did. He defended against Aries on power. Uh, he defended against um, Doug Williams on USA. And then he defended uh, against Rhett Titus on this episode. And then he's had a couple of title defenses on the independents, including Peter Avalon and Tony Deppin. And I think there's one more out there, too. Uh, so it's not like he hasn't been out there. But I, I, I agree with you. I think it, it would be a little bit too soon, a little premature. But um, I also feel like, um, you know, right before the pandemic, uh, when Kingston and Homicide were still teaming for the NWA, uh, Homicide had come out and said that this was his last year in wrestling, that he wouldn't be involved with the business for much longer. And then the pandemic hit, and he's still wrestling. So I don't know if he's on borrowed time. I don't know if he's had a change of heart. Uh but uh, I just don't know how much longer Homicide's going to be actively competing. I mean, he is 45 years old, and I'm not saying that that's would prevent anyone from wrestling. I mean, Tim Storm's getting up there, and hell, we got Action Jackson just a few weeks ago, and, and Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson still going. So um, I guess 45 could be the new 25, but uh, I don't know if uh, if uh, how much longer Homicide will actually be wrestling. Yeah, maybe not, but milk it while you can. Maybe make his last match. Have it stipulation. Once he loses the championship, he leaves the NWA. So it's always something more than the championship at stake or leaves pro wrestling, retires. I I like that actually a lot. (laughs) He could just come out there and say, if I lose, I'll quit. And then just never lose. Every time he wrestles, oh, that'll be it for him. Nope, he's still champ. That's actually a a brilliant marketing strategy, Jaden. Yeah. If he's going to leave and it's something he was going to do, then take advantage of it. Colby losing hurts Colby more than uh, than him winning helps him. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And it's it should have been waited for a while. And, you know, they, all right. And, and those other matches, yeah, he's got three matches on TV with the quotes around it. The other matches don't matter because the NWA doesn't care about him, so why should the NWA fans care about him? There's like Nine people in this chat who even have a clue that those matches happened. And that's the entire big population of the NWA fans that really even know and care. So, again, if the NWA doesn't, isn't going to promote them as a big deal, then they, they're not big deals. They're just they're just afterthoughts. So he's got three matches to defend the championship against three really good challengers. I'm not going to say anything about the quality of his, of his defenses. Uh, give it another three months, four months, or maybe even do what I said. Say, but this is my final year. Once I lose this championship, I'm done. And have everybody not only to want to win the championship, but have the honor of putting Homicide out of wrestling. Well, and to, to support you, Dave Scooby says, keep it on Homicide till the 74. Carino needs to build up his feud 
uh, to a must win and says that the NWA has an out by having this match be a DQ, have Carino lose by disqualification. You keep the story going. I mean, there you go. Yeah. It's not it's not ideal, but uh, it, it would keep the feud going. With the only championship match on the card, too, I'm sure the fans will totally love that decision. <laughs> And then in the main event, which I'm only assuming is the name of main event because of who's in the match, um, you've got Nick Aldis taking on the surrogate for Matt Cardona, Brian Myers. Who would have thought when those two uh, showed up uh, in the WWE all those years ago as the Edgeheads that uh, Cardona would be the stars and Brian Myers would be the Marty Jannetty. But here we are. Here we are. Uh, Brian Myers will take uh, will will be in that match with Nick Aldis. Uh, it's not like it's a title match. It's there's no special stipulation on it. It's just Aldis going after someone a part of the Cardona family. Um, Jeremy, what do you think about this one? I hate Nick Aldis. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, uh, I don't. I. It, it's a way to keep the story going, I guess, between him and between Aldis and Cardona. But again, I'm not, I'm not invested in this. It, it, you're bringing by Brian Myers in for a one-off, maybe, maybe a two or three off somewhere down the road. But I just, I don't, I, I have no interest in this match. I don't, I'm like you. I'm surprised that that he's the Marty Jannetty of the two, you know. But there's always there, as they say, there's got to be a Jannetty for every tag team now. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, he gets to put, carry around that placard. Um, I just I, I'm not interested in this match. I don't I don't care for it. It's it. I guess if it if it keeps the story going, cool, but. What do you got, Jaden? <laughs> um, I don't understand if they have a 20-year plan. How come they couldn't plan enough to not interfere with another promotion's running so they could actually get, I don't know, one of their big champions you know, out there? It doesn't seem like that hard. You look at the calendar and go, all right, when are you available? Oh, you can't do this date? All right, how about this date? Okay, this is our big card. Let's do something on that. Why don't they do it on a Sunday? Or Tuesday, or I don't know, say, find out when he's available well in advance and book those events before anybody else does. So then they don't have to come into this situation. Is Cordona even under contract with Impact? Or, uh, you know, so get them first, get them often, plan dates ahead of time. Dog has their. Vance planned all the way up to the rest of this year and already working on next year. It, it doesn't really seem that hard. You, I don't know. You look on a calendar and go, okay, what's available and who's available and build well, around that. And I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Because if this was a Tuesday night or like a Wednesday night, uh, Cardona's probably not working, right? Um, you could have probably, and it doesn't have to be a Saturday night because this wasn't, you know, it's not taped for a live event. It's 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 going to be shown after the fact. So if this was on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or something that didn't interfere with most of the talent schedule, 
I mean, I think I think that clears you right there and, and gives these guys an opportunity. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't get it. I I agree with you, Jaden. Uh, you know, we didn't have Kratos and Stevens at the Crockett Cup because uh, they waited too long to book Kratos, and New Japan booked him first. Uh, Matt Cardona. I know Matt Cardona has a book schedule. Like he's, he's, he's very uh, vocal about how often he's booked and where he's booked. And, and uh, you know, his schedule I'm sure is already filled up, be- you know, before he knew he would win the NWA world's title, I'm sure he had most of those matches already booked. So with that being said, like, I don't know you're, you're right, Jaden. I agree with you hundred percent that they could have done something different. They could have, Figured out a way to give, uh, you know, if if the big champs aren't going to be there, like look, we don't have we don't have Cardona, we don't have uh, La Rebellion, we apparently we don't have the Hex. Uh, Tyrus is there signing books, and Jack Stain is in a meaningless match. The women's world champion is in a meaningless match. I don't get it, and that's and that's probably my biggest complaint about the booking with the NWA is this is being promoted as a, a premier live event. It's a big show. It's, it's a power trip too, but it's devoid of any connection to the original programming that we watch on, on Tuesday nights or Friday nights. And uh, it's not connected to USA and it's not really connected to the pay-per-views and you've got some stars on the show. Don't get me wrong, but like, uh, I don't know. If you wanted to make it connect, how about Knox and Myers versus uh, Aldous and Dave and Harry Smith? That would have been a, a greater connection. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That would have made more sense. Uh, I, that would have been an intriguing match. I would have been. I would have been interested in that one. <laughs> so that's. That's Power Trip 2, guys. I hope you guys are all excited about it. Uh, Go out and support the brand. And if you're going to the show, buy lots of merchandising and and popcorn and sodas. And and hopefully you get some autographs from your favorite wrestlers. Uh, I won't be in Oak Grove, Kentucky. So if uh, if you're there, you know, take some pictures and tag the Alliance blog. Um, With that being said, let's let's get to the programs. Let's talk about NWA USA. that airs Saturdays. Uh, I, I never even know what time it's on because I never watch it on Saturday. I watch it later throughout the week. Uh, but this was Power Surge presented by the Fixers. Uh, now, the last bit of programming we got from the NWA was the awful, awful, awful Power Surge featuring Velvet Sky after dark. Um, and I never need to see that again. Um, no. And here's something that I never thought I would say. Uh I'd rather have Wrecking Ball Ligurski and Jay Bradley on my TV screen than Velvet Sky. And 13-year-old me just died a little bit. Um, these guys are so entertaining and goofy and silly, but they play into the role perfectly. And this is what I want when I'm watching wrestling. I, I don't want to feel like it's weird if my kids walk in the room, I don't want it to look like I'm looking at adult content in case my wife happens to stumble in. If my mother-in-law walks in the room, I don't feel like I need to flip the channel when I've got Wrecking Ball Ligurski and Jay Bradley on the screen, even when they're talking about rats. Uh, but that's how the show kicks off. Uh, 
they're they're talking about uh, presenting this show. You get Alex Taylor versus VSK in the first match. Now, this was a pretty good junior heavyweight uh, matchup. Taylor is somewhat of a regular on the USA program. Um, you know, he's still part of the Il Begotten. Uh, and it's kind of weird how they put the Il Begotten versus um, the Cardonas on this show because those are both supposed to be heel stables. Um, so I don't know why they keep choosing to book the heel versus heel type matchup. Also, there are no fans on the hard cam side for this match. And, and, and that's to me, it's a little bit distracting. You know, there's fans there. You can hear the reactions or maybe they're just, you know, talent who are there watching the show. But I feel like if they would pull the seats from the hard cam side, at least it wouldn't look like it's an empty venue. Just just my thoughts on it. And to add insult to injury, we have Idol and Sky back on commentary, which, again, takes away from most of the match. I, I can't listen to Sky keep saying, not the C word, Joe. Don't say the C word. Uh, yeah. It, it just gets to be too much. But uh, Taylor and VSK are kind of equally matched in this one, which I thought was kind of cool because uh, VSK is, is, is treated like the bigger name, but him and Alex Taylor actually had a very competitive match. Um, either one of these guys can make a decent challenge to homicide in the world junior heavyweight title, but VSK gets the victory with a sick looking tombstone pile driver. Uh, I thought this was a good match. Uh, did you get a chance to check this one out, Jeremy? Uh, yeah. Um, again, I agree with you, Velvet and, and Austin. That's just, she's too much. I don't. I tried to give her a chance, and she seemed like she was improving, and then it seemed like she backslid. The, <laughs> yeah. match, the match was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't. I wasn't too familiar with VSK before he came into the NWA. I like him. He, he's he, he's fun to watch. He puts on great matches. I I liked it. I had fun with it. And the fixers rule. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jaden, did you have an opportunity to watch any of the uh, NWA USA this week? No, luckily I didn't. And listening to the commentary comments, I probably had lucked out. Plus, while I do like the fixers, I kind of feel like they're a uh, ripoff of the old school empire with the original fixer, Vinny the Fixer and Patch. Maybe, uh, Maybe they're watching some of the old school Empire former Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators tag team champions and kind of stealing their material. Looks like they already stole their name. And it's actually, I guess, that considering they're a makeshift tag team, they got thrown together and then actually got over. I guess they had to figure out something. So they just took somebody else's work. Wow. Uh, okay. We're going to let that slide, uh, Mr. Jaden, because uh, I don't know. I think Wrecking Ball Ligurski is a national treasure, and I won't have you insult him here on this podcast. No, sir. Well, he is. Actually, he's a very talented guy, I, a very funny guy. Um, and again, I've made the comments to about, I think it was you and DK. It's interesting how how can they be a tag team when one lives in like the New England, Massachusetts area, and one lives in Illinois, and the only places they'll ever actually get to work as a tag team is the NWA because they just happen to – get thrown together and really get worked well together and really got over in that way. So I wish that they live closer so you could see them in other places and really develop their tag team. 
Because as good as they are, I don't believe they're anywhere near their potential. And until they're tag team regularly in lots of different places against lots of different people, I don't think they ever will. Um, yeah, and I agree. I thought it was a pretty good uh, – uh, let, me, let me say that differently. I agree that they're a great tag team. Uh, well, maybe a good tag team. I think they could be great. It's unfortunate, like you said, that they're not uh, based uh, near each other so that they can actually work more together. But um, we'll see what the NWA does with them. Uh, they were my Don't screw them up and break them up, probably. <laughs> they were my pick for the Crockett Cup, and it's a shame that that didn't happen. But uh, we'll see how things continue to play out. Um, so then uh, <laughs> Dodie keeps Dodie keeps thinking that I'm not a fan of these guys, Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. I go back with Jay Bradley when the original New Japan USA shows were happening back in 2004 and Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I was at those shows where uh, where uh, Jay Bradley would come in with uh, with uh, Adam Pierce and uh, Colt Cabana and CM Punk. So I, I feel like I have some credibility with Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski is just a breath of fresh air. I think that dude is so much more talented than he should be. And I, I mean that in the most positive way. The pairing works. The, I think they're a fun tag team. I, I don't mind them doing these silly skit shows like this for Power Surge. I, and I would, every day of the week, I'd rather see Ligurski and Bradley being goofy than Velvet Sky trying to be sexy. And again, 13-year-old hates me right now. Uh, the next segment is the Fixers teaching us about what it takes to become a wrestler. First with the Hindu squats, then with the push-ups. He literally has Ligurski on the ground doing push-ups. Uh, and then... Uh, the segment kind of ends with the fixers uh, with Bradley saying that the fixers have tag titles to win and, and, and they're supposed to eat cereal. I don't know. This was a little silly, but uh, again, much better than anything Velvet Sky was in in last week. Uh, next up, we get Angelina Love versus Riley. Now this one, uh, again, I don't know. You said it earlier, Jane, the 20-year plan. Like, how can they have a 20-year plan when they can't even keep consistent with storylines on television? Um, you have Angelina Love's debut match on USA, but then on Power on Thursday, they make it a big deal that she's announced that she's part of the roster and that it's a big deal that, uh, you know, Velvet Sky sees her BFF. She didn't know she had signed, and she had her first match. It's consistently like this, consistency like this, that really has me doubting the NWA's commitment to uh, good programming, decent programming. I know it's silly. It's a little thing, but it's like uh, you're telling me on Thursday that she's a big deal when I just saw her on Saturday. It, the, the people who are watching USA are also watching Power. I, I believe that. And I don't think it's – why why can't these line up correctly? I just think it's one of the dumbest things that they do. The devil's in the details. And when you think that people aren't paying attention, that's when they really are. And it's those little things that hitch people up and make them scratch their head and go, dude, well, you're not investing the time. Why should I? On the bright spot, I'm glad to see Angelina Love. Um, 
she i've been a fan of hers going back when she was called angel williams i think her name was back then when she had her hair all braided up and looked kind of different while also looking exactly the same this is years before she was wwe developmental this was years before um she obviously was an impact anything like that before she was part of the beautiful people or allure or any of her any factions that she was a part of um when she wrestled regularly, she was pretty talented. I always afraid she was going to break because she just always looks kind of fragile, but she seemed to get through it. And it's a good addition to the women's roster. Um, it's a former champion who could wrestle. I hope, at least I hope she could still wrestle. Maybe a future challenger for uh, Camille or maybe just at least having some name value and maybe, maybe just hopefully getting Velvet Sky out of the broadcast booth and maybe back in her corner where she was at least entertaining. I mean, the beautiful people was entertaining. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, my thing about Angelina Love is I, I don't think, I don't think she's still uh, able to compete at a high level anymore. Um, now, hopefully, she proves me wrong. I said the same thing about Melina, but towards the end there, Melina was putting on some pretty stellar matches. What I do like Angelina Love for is she is a seasoned veteran. She has spent time in the ring. And as we say on this show, quite frequently, still sharp and still, putting her into a programs with somebody like Paola Blaze or some of the other talent that's just not quite there could be could could help some of this talent get better. You know, you've got a, a roster full of what I would say there's like three or four women who are very polished and then uh, the rest of them need a lot of work. And, and so somebody like Paola Blaze or Riley or, uh, you know, some of these other talents who I can't think of right now, I think they can help uh, get better by being in the ring with somebody like Angelina Love. Uh, but somebody like um, Natalia Markova or or King, uh, Killian King or even Kenzie Page, I, I don't think that they're going to get much from working with somebody like Angelina, uh, I almost called her Angelina Williams, Angelina Love, just because it's it's they've done that before. They had those matches with Molina. I think they're already beyond that. Um, but that's just my two cents. I, I think she can be beneficial for the roster for sure. And if they do some sort of beautiful people reunion, I'm with that too. I'm very much with that because if it takes Velvet Sky out of the booth, I'm very much about that. But uh, uh, some of the comments real quick I want to get to real quick is uh, uh, Devin Dowling says Velvet has her title shot still, so I think it'll be Velvet and Angelina versus the Hex. Um, I don't know that uh, Davey Richards comes with Angelina Love anymore. I don't, I don't think that they're a couple anymore. They're um, not. I didn't think so. Uh, so it's probably the exact opposite. Um, Dodie says that he loves Davy Richards. Uh, but yeah, Davy Richards is the guy that helped train Tootie Lynn. So, I mean, if there's anyone that could bring uh, Davy Richards to the NWA, maybe it's a former student. Davy um, Richards has a contract though, with MLW. So, oh, well, then, uh, yeah, I don't see Davy Richards as much as I would love to. I don't see Davy Richards appearing anywhere without MLW's uh, permission or. Uh, working with MLW in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I know I, I know there is some flexibility on those MLW contracts, but I don't think that flexibility extends itself to the NWA. 
just I don't think so either. I think especially because I see a lot of MLW guys working with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood yeah, and the Championship Wrestling United Wrestling Network crew. I think that's going to see something more on the lines where you're more likely to see a Davey Richards. And hell, uh, Davey Richards against, um, oh crap, what's their champion's name again? I just had it. Chris ago. Dickinson? Yeah, Chris Dickinson. That excites me. So, yeah, that, that actually happened uh, last week. See? So uh, we'll see that on TV in a couple of weeks. But yeah, that one, I think that'll be a very good match when it comes out. Um, more comments from the chat. Dave Scooby says, have Velvet give her championship ticket to love to challenge Camille. I mean, there you go. That's yep. a perfectly good way to set up an opponent for 74. Where yeah. Angelina Love doesn't have to do a whole lot to get there. And if she can get a, a, a complete match with, uh, with Camille, I think, I mean, the storyline is kind of built. It doesn't have to, uh, you don't, you can keep it very simple in that regard. And it would be I, a lot of fun. I want to give a quick shout out to Dave Scooby. Um, I got to meet him this past weekend at the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators event, and he is the first and only member of the Alliance-Wrestling.com fan club and family to be at a dog event. It wasn't Big Chris Dog, who used to live in Philly, and I <laughs> haven't quite seen Jay Cal and DK yet. I know they're coming, but it's nice to have somebody from the Alliance-Wrestling.com come to South Jersey's number one wrestling promotion, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, and I'd like to... Uh, like to know his opinion, you know, now that he's here, maybe at the end, he can give us opinion what he thought about the event. I'm uh, I'm on my calendar. I have June 23rd, Mark, which I believe is your next uh, next June event. June 25th. June 25th. It's on my calendar, and I'm uh, currently trying to work that out, but I don't know if it's going to be possible. But uh, I, my goal was this year to attend one Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators show uh, because I've been excuse me, event, <laughs> Jesus Christ. because I followed it so closely for the last decade, I feel like I, I'm obligated to be there at some point. And if I can fly to Atlanta, Georgia for the NWA, then by God, I can fly to South, South Jersey to see a dog event and go get a, a, a Philly cheesesteak while I'm there. There's three or four different places you can get to, and I can get you the best one, which is not any of the ones that are well-known. <laughs> well then see, now you're talking. Um, De- Devin Dowling says we need legit stories on our women's division. We haven't had a solid one since Camille was beat up uh, by Thunder Rosa. Built up. Excuse me. You're right. Built up uh, to beat Thunder Rosa. That's true. Um, and that was a good storyline, too, because uh, you remember Camille beat her, won that match, and then they built it up with a rematch. And you thought maybe Thunder Rosa was going to steal that title opportunity, and she and she couldn't beat her. It ended in a draw. So it kind yep. of it, it, that lent credibility to Camille, where she okay, she didn't have to beat Thunder Rosa twice, but she didn't lose to Thunder Rosa. So I mean, that was always pretty cool. Um, Willie Bowen says Camille would squash Angelina Love, and I'm not against that either. Uh, Dodie says not only story build for Camille, the women's tag t- uh, needs a story build too. I don't even mind to see half segments of power dedicated to the women. I mean, I think an empower episode, you know, once a month would be better than these power surge episodes. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think where the money's at. I think that would be a much smarter business decision for the NWA. And instead of having velvet sky come out, trying to act sexy, have her come out and be like, Hey, I'm the matchmaker for empower TV. And these are the matches we're going to have this month. Boom, boom, boom. Because remember, um, 
when Power was first announced as this uh, premiere package with Fight, uh, they only promised you three episodes of Power a month. That's all that they promised. And the fact that we get a Power Surge every month thrown in there, it's kind of more uh, extra. But in reality, that's not uh, that wasn't uh, ever promised. <sighs> okay. <laughs> So with that being said, I'm going to the next matchup. Um, oh, uh, then you get the fixers talking about rats, where Ligurski is thinking about the rats who eat cheese, and Bradley's thinking about the other kind of rats that eat other things. I won't get into details. Uh, they're just a funny discussion. Again, guys being goofy, I thought it was great. Uh, and that brings us to the main event, Garrison Creed, who has just been a punching bag in the NWA thus far, taking on Rush Freeman. It surprises me about this guy because he's a military dude. Um, he wrestled mostly in the Midwest, but he has a great look. I mean, he looks like a pro wrestler, and uh, they use him as enhancement. Like every match, he he got yeah. jobbed out to uh, Aaron Stevens. He got jobbed out to Trevor Murdoch, and here he gets jobbed out to Rush Freeman. Although in this match, he certainly had a lot more offense involved. Uh, Freeman gets over with the Nashville fans, which is surprising because the Ilbegotten has been treated like a heel group since kicking out Yuma. Who would have thought that the Ilbegotten would get over without Yuma? At one point, Creed connected with a stiff punch. The referee thought it was a foreign object. But at the end of the day, Rush Freeman gets the victory. And does anyone else think that Rush Freeman looks like uh, Roy from The Office? <laughs> Maybe we'll get to see Dwight Mason. <laughs> How awesome would that be? And, and you know what? He's a good sport about it, too, because I said something about it on Facebook, and he's like, I've been getting that since high school. And I'm like, wait, high school? How how old are you, man? He's, he's young. Um, but that's uh, – and that's how it should be done, a very playful, very fun little show. Um, it didn't have to be uh, too serious. They didn't take themselves too serious. Um, had a, a, uh, the debut of Angelina Love. Uh, Rush Freeman goes over. Um, VSK gets a big victory. So that that was the uh, USA. Um, now that brings us to power. Power. Yeah, you got to get in on that one. Um, and and this was a good. Uh, this was a, very much a palate cleanse from last week. Uh, I mean. Good. By God, anything they could have put out would have been better than last week. But this was actually a really good show, very much of a pay-per-view level. In fact, this this show, to me, was on paper way more interesting than what they're putting on Saturday for the premiere live event. Uh, the episode kicks off with the Cardonas uh, minus uh, the world's heavyweight champion. Uh, Chelsea, VSK, and Mike Knox explain that the world champion celebrates like a world champion and that's why he's not out there he's celebrating his victory which to me is weird because wouldn't you be celebrating with your wife and your best friends i don't know uh chelsea says she's the only woman on the roster who deserves to be champion and to hold the burke which again she's had two shots at camilla and has lost both times i don't know how many more shots she thinks she deserves uh the cardona's proclaimed to be the championship family despite matt being the only one with gold and eventually, Mike Knox chases away Kyle by barking at him, which was a sight to be seen. Uh, next up, we get a video package of Aldis and Cardona, which I, I guess that's the match that they're leading up to. I really feel like that might be where they're going for the 74 anniversary, um, which is not the match I want to see. Again, I would like to see the Pope in that role 
challenging Matt Cardona. He had a great one-on-one match with him on power just a few weeks ago. Uh, wrestling with MMA, Jeremy, what did you think, man? Did, do you think that, uh, they're going Cardona Aldis too? Would you rather see Pope? Don't let me lead the witness. What do you want to see? I'd rather see Pope. I'd rather see Pope going after it. I'm still, uh, I think Aldis should stay away from the title for a little bit longer. You know, if not completely, you know, that's not to say he's not a championship caliber guy, but he doesn't keep him away from the world title for a little bit longer, at least. You know, he doesn't need to be in the discussion right now. Cardona Pope to me is a much more intriguing match. What do you think, Jaden? I wouldn't mind seeing Pope. Um, I don't mind actually seeing Cardona. I just... If it's if it is, I mean, it's not, not Cardona. Um, uh, all this, I just hope Cardona actually wins. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fine if if Cardona wins. It's fine that he's in there with Aldis. If he if Aldis becomes the conquering hero and wants to save the NWA, it's it's just an ego boost. Yep. I agree with you on that one. Willie Bowen says I'd rather see Jack Stain versus Matt Cardona. And now you know what? Yeah, okay, Willie. I'll take that too. I will yeah. take that too. Surprise, Billy Corgan is booking it. They're two heels. Yeah, well, that's a good point too. But one of them is the savior of the NWA, and one of them is the foundation of the NWA. Dave Dave Scooby says Trevor still has a rematch clause. I believe a hundred percent he does. He even acknowledged it that all he's like, wait a minute, I have a rematch clause, and uh, I hadn't even been pinned for three seconds, and you got all this running out there putting himself in the title picture. He's right, man. He's right. Uh, Devin says Cardona needs to be Aldous. I want Cardonia. You throw me off when you spell it Cardonia to lose to Pope or Trevor Murdoch. I, I want to see him lose to the Pope. I think Pope is the guy, and I don't mean to be trying to steer the conversation because you're all allowed to, to like whoever you want to like, but I just feel like the Pope is the guy that's that's been there. He's put in the work. He made the TV title feel important when he was TV champion, and that's coming off of Zicky Dice, who I felt like if he had had more time with the title, could have made it made it seem important. But the Pope really legitimized it after the, the tenure of the time off, and uh, since he lost the belt, it feels less important now that Tyrus has it. Uh, I feel like you put the world title on the Pope, you do a couple of things. One, you put a new face in the title picture, somebody who the fans seem to resonate with. Two, you put a person of color as world champion, and that hasn't happened in the NWA in a very long time, especially the, the last NWA world champion was Ron the Truth Killings, and that was over 20 years ago. I mean, think about that for just a minute. 20 years ago, since a black man has held the 10 pounds of gold, that's, I don't know. I, I mean, I know there was good talent. I mean, Monty Brown was a good dude. He could have been world champion. Uh, you know, there was time in the NWA where uh, – uh, you know, gosh, there was like uh, Rashi Brown of the Skull Crushers, who was an NWA tag team champion. Uh, there was uh, Big Daddy Yum Yum, who was always in that picture, uh, but never. Yeah, but he wasn't uh, sexually harassing girls much younger than him. Yep, he was in that picture. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, see, I didn't know that then. I mean, we know that now, but we didn't know that then. Um, so she just took the wind out of my cells. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Now, 
now is a good time. The Pope, the Pope has a charity for crying out loud. The Love Alive charity, that they the whole charity is based on helping people less fortunate. The Pope is a good dude. Uh yeah, there actually hasn't been a non-Caucasian champion, with the only exception being Blue Demon Jr., am I right? Since uh well, Monster Cahagas. Oh yeah, Cahagas, that's true. And, and you know what? They we have had Asian and uh, people from Tenzan. Japan. Yeah, Tenzan and uh Kojima, uh, yeah. So um so yeah, I mean like Yes, there there has been, like I said, there hasn't been a, a person of color as champion for a long time uh, since Tenzin was the last man, uh, last person of color to hold the title. Uh, so I think it would be a good time to pull the trigger on that. I, you know, it, and it's not for oh you have to do it because you're trying to appease a fan base. I think it's just he's the most qualified guy. Um, so that's all. I don't know. Um. So going back to power, uh, then we get Jordan Clearwater versus Nick Aldis. Now, this was a pretty good match for both men. Uh, I don't think anyone was really shocked by the outcome of the match. Uh, but uh, Jordan Clearwater got some pretty decent offense in there. Uh, the only thing that I had a problem with is I felt like Black Cheese played too big of a role in the match as far as I was concerned. Um, Clearwater is bigger than he was the last time they stepped in the ring. He's better than he was the last time they stepped in the ring. He, he sure as hell has got more personality now than he did then. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit less Black G's involved and a lot more of Jordan Clearwater just being Jordan Clearwater. Uh, it was a good victory for Aldis, uh, but Aldis uh, was able to dodge the Midas touch, that that boot that Jordan Clearwater you know, uh, has been famous for, and then turns it into the Kingsland Cloverleaf. So he was well-scouted but defeated nonetheless. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I encourage all of you guys, if you hadn't seen the match yet, to go back and watch this one because, again, um, I don't dislike Nick Aldis as much as Jeremy does, but, uh, you, you know, this was a, a good match for him. And, again, it was a – you know, if the if the goal is to put Aldis back in the world title pitcher, he's going to need to have more matches like this where he goes out there and is facing some of the young guys – um, to build up that win-loss record to get to that title shot. Uh, you know, Billy Corgan said, hey, no more free passes. You have – you're all out of title shots. So it's like uh, get back in the back of the line. So that's what he's got to do. He's got to win some matches. Um, that actually does explain then his, champ, his challenge against um, – against um, – Against Cardona's partner, whose name I just can't think of now. Like Brian Myers. Brian Myers, yeah. Well, that they, explains it because he's got to get in line. He's got to get some wins on his belt. Yeah, that is true. That, that is, is true. true. That's unintentional storyline right there. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, Jane. Help put the pieces together. Um, and like I said, this was a really good show. And um, so after we get that good match with Aldis and Jordan Clearwater. Um, no Austin Idol in the booth, so it's the commentary is a lot more smoother. Um, Velvet Sky still isn't great in the booth, but uh, when it's her and Joe, it's a lot more tolerable than with the three of them. Uh, that leads us to the World Junior Heavyweight title match, Homicide versus Rat Titus. And as I'm watching that match unfurl in front of me, I kept thinking, man, this is probably the best 
match that, that's been on power in a long time. And there's been a lot of good matches like that. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I was saying that about Pope and uh, Matt Cardona. And a few weeks before that, there was a few matches that were good, really, really good. Um, but this was a fun match. Titus came out a lot more aggressive in this match. He, now, people forget he's a former Ring of Honor TV champion. Uh, he held that belt recently, just recently lost it during WrestleMania weekend. And he's part of the foundation, uh, that, that group of wrestlers who are bringing pure wrestling back to pro wrestling with Ring of Honor. And and Jade will tell you, the Rhett Titus is the dude's built. And for a vegan who doesn't eat any meat, that guy sure looks shredded. Um, he had answers for all of Homicide's questions in that match. Uh, however, the finish of the match came when Homicide connect with a Koji cutter off the top rope to retain the title. Again, I really encourage you guys to check this match out when you have a chance. Homicide, uh, we said it earlier, Homicide's really putting in the work. And when they're putting really good opponents against him, like Rhett Titus or uh, like the previous weeks, Austin Aries or Doug Williams, you're going to have fun matches. Uh, Jaden, I know you're a fan of Rhett Titus. Uh, tell us a little bit more about him for some of the fans who don't aren't really familiar with him. The New Jersey-born Rhett Titus, uh, the native of New Jersey, was trained by Austin Aries at the Ring of Honor School. Has worked through such competitors like Brian Danielson, like CM Punk, like the best that Ring of Honor has to offer. Has been put under the wing of Jay Lethal for a while has sharpened his skills against wrestlers like um, Jay, Ray Jazz. You know, he wrestled for the Danish Drown Wrestling Gladiators Championship against Ray Jazz, Breaker Morant, so the dog fans know him very well. And if you anybody hear me talking about those wrestlers in on this podcast should know about them. Jonathan Gresham, his friend, he's also challenged him for the uh, Pure Championship in the past. They even know they're friends, and, they, and they've made each other better. He's been a tag team specialist for a while, uh, held the Ring of Honor tag team titles. I think he was one-third of the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. He's held many regional championships up and down the East Coast. Very, very, very talented wrestler who I think a lot of people don't consider Rhett the threat, but they really should because I think the only thing that holds Brett back is his own confidence. Once he believes that he is as good as everybody else believes he is, I think he'll take any championship in any promotion. Definitely. Uh, yeah. You have anything else you want to add, Jeremy? Uh, I have to agree completely with Jaden. Uh, he, he looks the part he could, legitimately hold any title and there would be no question to it. The man goes into the ring and, and he puts it all out there. Like I said earlier, he gives you, he gives you your price for admission in that one match. You know, he's it, just impressive. And I assume he comes out with his cool mask too. That's just yeah. marketable right there. Yeah, the octopus mask, right? Yeah. That's uh Cthulhu. Yep. Oh, Cthulhu. Lovecraft. Uh, Devin Dowling says, I'm not a homicide fan, but this was a good match. I mean, that just shows you how good these guys worked in that match. And Doty says, homicide elevated the 
the just revived junior championship more than what we expected. I yes. tend to agree with you on that too. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. I wish Barrett Brown would still have an opportunity to at least challenge for the title. I'd like to see Barrett Brown's name thrown around in the NWA. I know he's still doing things for new Japan strong, but uh, the fact that he never got a shot at it kind of sucks, but uh, you can't complain about what homicide's done as the champion. I mean, he's just, he's, he's been good. And, and I feel like, I feel like the NWA is trying to build up these junior heavyweights via the NWA USA program. I mean, uh, that's how Rhett Titus got this shot was by defeating Darius Lockhart. Doty brings up the problem is Darius Lockhart seems to disappear since the Crockett Cup. Just hoping we haven't seen the last of him. I, I think there's a lot of talent there, and we'll see more of these junior heavyweights uh, again as the next TV tapings go. They, they can't bring all these guys in for the uh, premier live events, but you know, when they do those big rounds of tapings for three or four days, I, I think you'll see some more of those guys uh, come back. Um, that brings us to the next match, uh, which, again, continuity issues. I hate this. This is stuff that really ticks me off. But you get Angelina Love joining Kyle Ringside, and everyone's all shocked. And you keep hearing Velvet Sky like, oh, my BFF. I didn't know she signed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh <laughs> And, and uh, they tell us that she signed a deal with the NWA, which, you know, signed a deal, um, and that she'll be wrestling very soon. Okay. Terrific. So soon it was a couple of days before. What's that? So soon it was a couple of days before. Right. And, it, and again, I just, I feel like that hurts the continuity of the show. Like, you're telling me that this is, this is a big deal. But you aired it on USA. Like if if this if that episode of USA was after, then sure it'd be no problem. But because they put it before, it's like didn't did nobody think about this? You know, who's sleeping on the job over there? Um, it makes me miss Dave Lagana. Uh, next up, we get May Valentine in the back with Mickey James. Uh, James says she's devastated at the outcome of Crockett Cup, uh, mostly because of her relationship with Chelsea Green. Uh, that, that she thought that they were just going to let her, their men, fight it out and 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 not get involved. But the fact that uh, Chelsea Green got involved and then the the way their relationship declined after that, they didn't explicitly mention Impact, but I'm sure that was kind of uh, winked at at the very least. Um, for the first time ever, we hear uh, Mickey James mention that she wants a shot at the Burke and says that her versus Camille would be a draw. And that's the first time I've heard uh, Mickey James say that. I think it's a match that a lot of the fans want to see. I'm one of them. I think that would be a great match. And maybe that will be the next, uh, maybe that will be the 74th anniversary show match. Um, and then she mentions that somehow uh, Natalia Markova must have lobbied in the back to get a matchup with Mickey James. So in the coming weeks, we're supposed to be getting Mickey James versus Natalia Markova. Uh, I think that's actually a pretty good matchup too. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think of a uh, Natalia Markova versus Mickey James? That's that that's an intriguing match. Um, Markova is one that is another one that is solid in her character. Um, works the crowd great, uh, and she's a powerhouse. She's a le legitimate threat to 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 Mickey James. And then there's Mickey James, who, I mean, it's Mickey James. You know, she just oozes talent. And she was nat she's a natural. 
you know, so it, that would be a really, gr- really great matchup. I mean, I'm interested to see that one when it happens. Uh, now, Jaden, if 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 we do get Mickey James versus uh, Camille, I mean, do you think that's a draw? Yes, but Mickey James probably shouldn't have said that. The object <laughs> of of a promo and to stuff like that to build interest isn't to say this match is going to draw money. It's going to say, I'm going to win the championship so I can make more money if you're a heel, or I'm going to win the championship to add honor and prestige and, and to face the best competition. If you're a baby face, it's the object of the match as a legitimate sporting contest isn't to be a draw unless you obviously you want to sell those pay-per-views so you can make that big bucks that all should either come down to pride money or both and yes it's nice that your company is doing well but it shouldn't be up to you to do it it should be up to the promoter and if you're that big of a star then you automatically know it's going to be anyway that said i am very much excited to see that match a true learning experience in my opinion for camille Mickey James is a former Divas champion, a former Raw Women's champion, a, a former Impact champion, has worked for the NWA for years in various different promotions, is a, a, a Virginia gal, so she came up through the old Jim Crockett promotional territory, loves professional wrestling, uh, very, very smart, uh, and a, an amazing marketable look and persona. And I think it's something that's a big deal. And I think that's something that will help Camille solidify her reign or maybe even solidify the Burke by having somebody with that credential hold it. I mean, I don't think either one of those is a bad, uh, a bad thing to say. And I mean, even later in the show, we get to a point where Camille says, look, she's an only time champion as in that she'll never lose the title. Um, and I think that's, I love the way that that comes off on, on camera. It's like, uh, yeah, she's never going to lose that belt. And it kind of implies what you said earlier with, uh, with, uh, homicide, like when he loses the title, maybe that's it for him. And, and with Camille, maybe when she loses the title, maybe that's the time she goes on to, uh, you know, greener pastures. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be a match. that will be a lot of fun. Um, Dodie says, bottom line, Camille can be champion as long as she wants. We want more of her. And I think, uh, I think that's an, a sentiment we can all agree to. Uh, however, however, Mickey James would look really good holding that Burke. Just going to say that for sure. Um, then the next match we get is Aaron Stevens versus Trevor Murdoch. Now they kind of, I was kind of disappointed that on commentary, they didn't allude to their feud, um, in the early days of power, because remember it was uh, Aaron Stevens and the, uh, the uh, question mark who uh, had won the national title um, kind of became a thorn in the side of Trevor Murdoch. Now Murdoch was going after that title belt as well. He wanted to, to try to win that national championship and his feud with Aaron Stevens finally accumulated into a matchup on a primetime live when Trevor Murdoch would win that title but leading up to it, uh, you know, the, it was a pretty big feud for the uh, for the uh, NWA as you know, secondary feud at the time. Um, I felt like that was a, again another missed opportunity. You didn't even mention how this was a big feud for the NWA just a, a few years ago. Uh, they kept mentioning how they thought they were, how Stevens thought they were friends, and now that they weren't, 
And again, this was a match where, you know, Stevens is kind of like a tweener at this point. He he gets the face reaction, but he, he still wrestles very much as a heel. Trevor Murdoch is throwing all that face stuff out the window. He is a total heel in the ring. Um, the match starts off with Stevens trying to distract uh, Trevor Murdoch by throwing his robe at him and then proceed to try to kick him while he was distracted. Uh, Trevor doesn't budge, catches the Stevens kicks. Uh, then just goes completely on the offense. It, it, this match almost was uncomfortable to watch as much offense as Trevor was giving Stevens. Um, and at one point, he was connecting with some cross faces that were just, just dirty. And again, the parallels to their feud uh, from like three years ago, there was a, a match that the two were wrestling where Stevens was giving those really stiff four, uh, cross faces to uh, to Trevor Murdoch. So it was kind of parallel how they were were having a new match but there's a lot of stuff they had pulled from the old match um at one point aaron stevens ties trevor murdoch's hand to the tag rope that would be uh for the tag team match later in the evening and it was kind of silly how trevor you know couldn't figure out how to use his other hand to untie it but uh stevens took advantage put in a lot of offense on murdoch uh was really just kind of beating him up it was it was good because you know how bad trevor looked how bad stevens looked earlier by trevor murdoch now he was getting some uh comeuppance if you will eventually murdoch gets free with the help from the referee um and regains control of the match ends up finishing the match with a really nasty uh bulldog off the top rope where he slammed stevens down pretty bad it looked it looked bad i i wouldn't be surprised if stevens got injured um, this was a fun match. I want to see more of these. Uh, I don't necessarily, like, I want to see Trevor Murdoch beat people up. I think he's good at it. I think he's made a career out of it. Um, so more of this, please. Uh, you know, Jaden, I know that you've, you've known of Trevor Murdoch for a long time. You know how stiff he's been his time in the NWA from years ago, the NWA now, uh, his former world champion. What role do you see him in now for the NWA? What he should be doing now is trying to get back up to the top. And maybe this, this win over Stevens is a good stepping stone and a, to continue not only their past history, but work his way up. I think part of the reasons they didn't mention a past history is because I don't think they uh, are in good enough terms to be able to get some of that footage from Dave Marquez to be able to show some of that stuff. But they at least had something in power, but I think also they like to forget a lot of ha things that happened in the early power because of other associations. That's, that's kind of like their new, it started from uh, the new point and, and everything else behind it seems to be forgotten. But I, I'm a big fan of Trevor Murdoch. I like a badass Trevor Murdoch. I like him. The fact that he's more like a, uh, a Texas redneck Dick Murdoch style Trevor Murdoch. Kind of like when he's a badass Texan. I think that's great, even though I think he's from Missouri. But <laughs> but a badass cowboy either way. And I like that fact. And I think that that's the Trevor Murdoch we need to see. And that's one we should have seen as champion. Instead of the kissing babies and having absolutely no balls and no substance behind him. Uh, with that being said, uh, Jeremy, what's your take on Murdoch? And then tell me what you think about Stevens. Um, I agree completely with, with Jaden. Um, 
Trevor, even back with whenever he was teaming up with Lance Cade in WWE, um, he's always struck me as that barroom brawler type. You know, that's the guy that if you walk into the bar and you're acting silly, he's gonna want he's gonna be the one to tell you calm it down, and if you don't, he's gonna take you out back, show you how to <laughs> a mud hole in somebody, and go back in and finish his beer. Um, that's the role that he should always be. It, it just, it suits him with Stevens. Sorry about that. I don't mean to distract it's, you there. With Stevens, I, I, I like, I, I like everything that he does. He, he's again, throwback to what I said earlier. He's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, the man knows, knows the business and, when he goes into the ring, you know you're going to get to see a good match. <clears throat> um, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Uh, Stevens, I think, uh, depending, I know, I, I don't know what they're doing with Stevens, and he's been very vocal on social media as of late saying, like, hey, don't you think I should be a featured player? And I don't know if that's playing into the gimmick or if this is legitimate, like he's got heat with Billy. I don't know. Uh, he's not advertised for the for the premier live event of power trip Two, um, maybe this is the end of him in the NWA, or maybe he's just working the crowd either way. I, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, uh, mileage still left in Aaron Stevens and in Trevor Murdoch and whether they're in the world title hunt or not, I feel like there's a perfectly good opportunity to u- utilize both of these guys on the roster. I agree with what you said, Jaden, uh, Trevor Murdoch, this is the Trevor Murdoch we should have had all along. And uh, imagine how good he would have been. Imagine how good he would have been as world champion and just came out there and, and did what he's doing right now. Um, you know, they say that, uh, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when, when, when Murdoch was world champion, he should have shifted and had that paradigm shift and, and, and went healed at that point. I feel like that would have been a lot more fun. Uh, speaking of dudes who I think are a lot more fun as heel, uh, we get Jack Stain in the back with Kyle Davis. Uh, Davis brings up Marche Rocket and his shot at Jack Stain, which, which wait, I have a graphic for. I know that I have a graphic. That match will happen uh, this Saturday, at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Jack Stain versus Marche Rocket for that NWA National Championship. Finally, we're going to get a national title defense on the USA. Uh, program, which uh, early on they said that that would be the home for the national champion and the cruiserweight or the junior heavyweight division. Um, Jax isn't concerned. He just isn't. He's a former world's heavyweight champion. He's a former North American champion. He's a former tag team champion. He's a, And now he's a two-time national champion and has absolutely no regard for Marche Rocket whatsoever. Uh, doesn't even, he's not worried about that rocket kick, nothing. And this is the Jack Stain that also is just so damn interesting and fun to watch. Uh, I, I like Hill Jack Stain, and I think he's a better fit in the NWA as a Hill. Jeremy, what do you think? Jack Stain scares the hell out of me. <laughs> I just, I would not want to see that man angry and be within a fifty-mile radius of him. Um, I like what they're. I like how they're building up the the storyline between him and Marche. 
Um, Marche is one that definitely built up properly. Could be a big star for him. I agree. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. He he seems to get better and better every time he's in the ring. You know, things things look a lot smoother than they did before. I this is one that I that I'm really interested in and in seeing how it plays out. What do you think of the matchup, uh, Jaden, between Marche and uh, and uh, our, our junior or our national heavyweight champion Jack Stane? I'd like to see personally Jack Stane win the junior heavyweight championship. Um, <laughs> he might have it a while to get down to that weight limit, but you know it's the only championship he hasn't won yet. I think of the is that maybe the TV too, but. Anyway, um, I think the match would be great, but if Jack Stain doesn't care about it and is not worried, then why should we? It's another good point that you bring up. Yeah. Um, that that cocky hill could come back to bite you in the butt when uh, you downplay potential matchups. I, I yeah. do agree with you on that one. Yeah, Darth Marche, uh, if you put that graphic up, you'll understand why I'm saying that. Darth Marche might use the dark side and uh, come out <laughs> victorious. <laughs> That's not the most flattering photo of Marche Rocket either. But, no, uh, not really. Yeah, it looks like Palpatine got a tan. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's waiting to find out if I'm going to say yes, I'll go out to dinner with him or not. <laughs> your faith in your friends is yours. Um, all right, so that brings us to the next uh, next matchup. Uh, we get Tootie Lynn versus Angelina Love. Now, again, this is... They played up as this is her first appearance in the NWA programming. Um, I guess USA just doesn't count. Uh, and again, Velvet Sky plays up being shocked that her her BFF and former tag team partner is in the NWA, but genuinely sounds happy that she's there, which leads me to believe that there's going to be some sort of falling out between the two. Why didn't you call me? Because I don't call you because you're not my friend. I don't know. It's going to be something silly like that. You know it is. Um and I feel like they really, I, I feel like they sacrificed uh, Tootie Lynn for Angelina Love to have a good debut. Like this, this match, it didn't need to be Tootie Lynn in this match. It could have been anybody. And I feel yeah. like Tootie Lynn is a up and comer. If you're going to have her in the ring with Angelina Love, then maybe it ends in a no contest or disqualification. I don't know that losing to Angelina Love makes Tootie Lynn better than she was yesterday. Uh, but it certainly helps Angelina Love look better uh, on the show. But again, this is just uh, another confusing booking decision by the uh, on the women's roster because last week or two weeks ago we had Killian King come out and beat up uh, Natalia Markova, which kind of killed a lot of the steam she had as a potential challenge for the women's world title. So again, I I, I feel like this was just a. Uh, just a, a, a way to debut Angelina Love that they spoiled on USA. So really two times uh, it's bad. Uh, but she got the victory and uh, it is what it is. Uh, Jane, what do you, I mean, how do you feel about that? You have Tootie Lynn as a pretty good uh, baby face. Uh, she had her first uh, big singles win uh, recently. Um, and then, and then she's kind of fed to the Angelina Love. What, what do you feel about that? If you're going to bring in love, she needs a big win and win over somebody the fans care about. So if you're going to make her care about, she has to beat somebody the fans care about. Tony Lynn is still young and can be uh, rehabilitated with a good booker. Unfortunately, the the 
NWA would have to find one of those. <laughs> but um, it should at least be rehabilitated and, and turn something into it. Angelina Love, if she's got the name, if you're going to use her for the maximum effect, it should have. She should have beaten Tony Lynn, or and she should be beating everybody until she gets a shot at the tournament chip. De- Devin Dowling wants to point out that also Miss uh, Paola Blaze defeated Tootie Lynn. As uh, Devin Dowling is our resident uh, Paola Blaze uh, fan club president. So uh, Dodie says uh, Tootie Lynn deserved better. Dodie also cursed us with the idea that maybe they'll do a beautiful people after dark. Oh, God. Uh, I'm, I'm say. Dark. You know, at least <laughs> the beautiful people were entertaining. Uh, Velvet sure. had some direction and knew what she was doing and showed her butt a lot. So that's if any reason that that should happen. You know, like you said, she was as the beautiful people, Angelina Love and and um, Velvet Sky. They were very entertaining, and I think they could be something. Um, it's, hopefully, they're not obnoxious and annoying at it, and they do it the right way. But if they do, at least it's something, and it can get Velvet Sky out of the out of the broadcast booth. It's a win win. I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for her being out of the booth. Okay, uh, so this was like the two segments of the show that were completely. Uh, the next two segments were completely throwaway, and I think they were a waste of time. Uh, you know, on a show that had so much good wrestling on it, I felt like these were dumb and not well placed. We got Idol Mania Sports Management with Kyle Davis. Minus Austin Idol, who's been absent this entire program. Uh, Clearwater does the whole Rick Rude swivel hips things, whatever. I know uh, Velvet was like, they just want to be like uh, Dirty Dango. I don't think that's what he was going for at all. Jeez uh, breaks the news that the Slam Challenge, the next challenge will be the Mims. Well, the Mims said he wanted to challenge for that like two weeks ago. So this isn't really late breaking news. And then to make things worse, uh, in the, in the next segment with Joe Galley, he says Mims hasn't confirmed that he's actually going to do this yet. So that was a whole waste of segment that said nothing. Then to make matters worse, they go to the commercial. They come back from commercial. You got Tom Latimer and Camille at the booth. Okay, let's hear it. Well, there's nothing said that's worth anything. Uh, and I love how Tom kind of fired back at uh, Kyle Davis. And, and he says, well, hey, hey, Tom. You you have championship aspirations? And then Tom just says, come on, that's a dumb question. Of course I do. I thought that was the best line of the night because this whole segment was dumb and was unnecessary. And uh, we're not going to go any further into that. Uh, that brings us to our main event. And uh, we've talked about it on this show quite a bit. Our pal Devin K. Mercer would even tell you that this would draw on most pay-per-views. Like this is a main event that could highlight any pay-per-view the NWA's put out. And I'm talking about the Briscoes challenging for the NWA World Tag Team titles against La Rebellion. Um, This is, in fact, the best match that's ever been on power. Um, And like I said earlier, I thought it was Gret Titus earlier versus uh, Homicide. No, this this was it. This was the best one. Um, These two teams are so good. And I've, I've seen La Rebellion live in Mexico against Luchadores. I've seen them in the United States versus uh, different variations of tag teams. And the thing about them, which I find very interesting, is that they can match styles very well with different tag teams. And when you look at the Briscoes, uh, you know, 
they're so con- they're so well conditioned. I don't ever see them and look, wow, they look blown up. No, and they run like at a hundred miles a minute, and and some of their tag team moves where those guys are just bouncing off the ropes. It's incredible how they never look winded. They never look like they're blown up. They never look like they're out of breath. And La Rebellion kept up with them pretty much the whole match. It was such a good tag team match. Again, when I said earlier, hey, you need to check out the Aldis versus uh, Aldis versus um, uh, Jordan Clearwater match. I said that you need to check out Rhett Titus versus uh, Homicide. This match, if you don't go and watch this, just quit calling yourself a wrestling fan. This was the best match that has been on the NWA. I highly recommend it. Uh, Laura, uh, the, the end of the match was basically the Briscoes went to go for the Doomsday device. And uh, the, one of the best uh, reversals to the Doomsday device I've ever seen is that Mecha Wolf just ducks it. And uh, so Beastia fly, or excuse me, um, the Briscoe brother just flies over the uh, Mecha Wolf. And Me- Mecha Wolf rolls up the other... Uh, the other Briscoe for the pin, and as uh, as I think it's Jay Briscoe went to go break up the tag. Uh, Beastia held his foot. They got the three count, but that match could have kept going on and on and on, and I, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have been against that at all. Um, I hope this match is not the last time we see these guys face each other. I still want to see um, the Briscoe brothers win those tag team titles. Hopefully, it'll be like maybe at the seventy fourth anniversary, or maybe it'll be always ready. Uh, but this was a great match. I, I, I really think you guys should check it out. Jeremy, what do you think of La Rebellion? What do you think of the Briscoes? And, uh, I mean, is that a match that you'd be paying for? Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd cash out my 401k to see it. <laughs> yeah. um, the Briscoes are just – they are tag team wrestling. They are wrestling. I, they're just – so impressive to watch, so much fun to watch. And like you said, it, they're like the Energizer Bunnies. They just keep going. I honestly think that if you locked them in a locked them in a in a gymnasium and told them you can't come out for 24 hours, you have to wrestle that entire 24 hours, they'd come out and go, Do you need 12 more? <laughs> yeah, um, man. I maybe. Why Rebellion? Man, I I first got introduced to them whenever they came into the NWA and just it's amazing the things that they do. And they're they're there's so much simpatico there between them. It's it's like they have telepathy and stuff. They know what each other are doing. You know, before the other one's going to do it, it seems like sometimes. There's so much fun to watch. I just, I could watch either team wrestle anybody at any time, but those two together, yeah, I'm cashing out college funds and stuff to see that. (laughs) Sorry, kids. Yep. Jade, I know being in the New Jersey area, you've seen those, them Briscoe boys countless times. I've are, seen you surprised them. That, are you surprised that they can still go? I've seen them fight each other. I've seen them fight other people. I've seen them fight other people and then fight each other. <laughs> um, one of the reasons they're so fast is, believe it or not, their shoot job is they run a chicken farm. Yep. 
And uh, they have to chase after those chickens. That's why they eat lightning and crap thunder. Yep. So get him, Rock. Yeah, he's got that greasy fast speed from chasing those chickens around. That's where they have all that endurance. Add to the fact that I don't think that getting tired ever crosses their mind. And sometimes when it's in, if it if it doesn't happen in your mind, it doesn't happen in your body. Yeah. So I, and that's one of the reasons I hope. They stick along with the NWA and win that NWA tag team championship. I actually, if they do, I like the fact that they did not win here more. Because then that builds. Because don't forget, um, the Briscoes won the Crockett Cup to get this championship match. You had the La Rebellion lose to Doug Williams and Harry Smith. So that built another challenger for him. And now that La Rebellion beat the Briscoes, that means they're kind of like one and one, even though they haven't really only fought, fought wrestled against each other once. Yeah. It really gives them a shot now that the Briscoes winning means a lot more. It's just not like they won the cup and then they won the belts and then they La Rebellion or a Forgotten Force. Now there's a reason that the Briscoes would want this more, and it's not just to win the championship; it's to get revenge, to show yep. that they're really the, one of the top tag teams in the world. And there is no Marty Jannetty in the uh, Briscoe brothers. You know, they're, they're like one of the few tag teams there is no. And, and it's funny how you say there's a Marty Jannetty. There was a time Marty Jannetty was considered the more talented one, but he had more problems with his uh, outside activities. <laughs> this but, is very true. You know, they're like they're like FTR. There is no Marty Jannetty. There is no weak link in this team. And I can't wait. to. I really hope they stay and win the, the tag team championship in the NWA. Um, our our pal James just offered up a question, and I'm gonna uh, ask you guys both to give us your answer. But uh, do you guys feel, in a way, it's good they are traveling to different territories now that Ring of Honor is shut down? As I feel they would have been Ring of Honor lifers if that company didn't close down. Uh, they being the Briscoes. Yeah, there's some places I wish they wouldn't wrestle, but yeah, yeah. I, I've I've seen them pop up on a lot of cards. I know that uh, they're currently on the Impact roster page. They're actually, if you're watching Impact right now, I believe they'll be on there at some point this evening. Um, it, I I think. Well, my voice got high there. I think that uh, you know the thing about the Briscoes is they've done everything they can on the independents. I don't think there's a whole lot more for them to do, right? I mean, yes, there is. Impact Tag Team Championship. Well, I, I said on NWA the NWA Tag Team Championship. They're all independents. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Unless they're I mean, exclusively signed and it's the only place you could wrestle and it's a big time with big time television, it's just a fancy independent. The NWA is a fancy think, independent. I look at Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators as an independent promotion because there's not a big money mark behind it. They're not connected to something that's much, much bigger. When you look at like uh, the NWA, I mean, Billy Corgan is a millionaire. It's kind of hard to call him an independent uh, wrestling promotion when you've got big bucks behind it. United Wrestling yeah. Network's got that. But is big he spending money. that big bucks behind it? Is all these wrestlers exclusively under contract and can only appear in the NWA and they're on TV every week, on actual television every week, and wrestling house shows, assuming that's still a. a a viable business plan. Are they doing things where now these wrestlers are signed, sealed and delivered 
no, there's they're independent. You can see the same tag team. You can see the Briscoe brothers in Game Changer Wrestling. You can see them in Impact. You can see them in Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. If, if Doctor Zirconium ever opened up his wallet and let some of those moths out, <laughs> um, you can see them just about anywhere. And that's why it's an independent promotion. All right, that's okay. Fair enough. I I change my objection then. Uh, but I still think that there's a lot more for them to do in some of the bigger companies. I don't necessarily need to see them in Game Changer Wrestling anymore. I don't need to see them working some of the smaller independent promotions. But, you know, an opportunity and impact to win those tag titles. Absolutely. I think that's a right place for them to be. The NWA to win those tag team titles, 100%. Great place for them to be. If they can ever get back into Japan when this whole pandemic thing, uh, you know, slows its roll, seeing them in, in, you know, return to I, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling or maybe even Pro Wrestling Noah, All Japan, uh, again, a tag team is as good as they are. They might be the measuring stick for tag team wrestling in 2022. Uh, and right behind them, you got FTR who, who are doing similar things uh, without that independent background. So I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what's next for those guys. Um, and I think maybe you guys are too. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up the show now, though, because, uh, well, there's pretty much covered everything. We covered Power. We covered USA. Hell, we gave you a great preview for the this weekend's premier live event, Power Trip 2. Yeah, it um, sounded like you guys sold it to everybody. Yeah. We, we, hey, man, if you don't buy it, you just saved yourself $4.99. But it's part of your uh, premier package, so like, all you have to do is watch it in a couple weeks. Um Doty says he hopes the NWA returns to the chase and officially declares the chase to be the home of the annual anniversary show. And the Missouri State Athletic Commission's new regulations uh, are the only thing that concern him. Yeah, Doty, I, I don't know what that's how that's all going to shake out with those state athletic commission. Um, you know, we do know that Billy could could afford to pay it if he needs to. Um, whether he wants to, that's a different question. Uh, Dave Scooby says, Jaden. The Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators marking our territory was a great event. A good mix of talent. Great back and forth with the crowd as well. We'll be back to see Dog in June. Awesome. I can't wait to see Dave Scooby there. I'm sure Dr. Zirconium will be happy to report that back to him. And um, I can't wait to tell you about what's going on on Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators next event on Saturday night. June 25th at the MaxFit Sports Center, located at 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful uptown Glassboro, New Jersey, where they present their annual summertime event, the All-American Bash. I can't wait to tell you about that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time talking about it. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, wrestling with the MMA. Jeremy, I do appreciate yes. you being on here. I know that you've started your community uh, on Twitch uh, do you want to plug the channel? Do you want to, to get yourself over? Now's the time. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at HJWOTS, Wrestling with the MMA. Um, follow me on Twitch at um, Wrestling with the MMA on Twitch. That's all the socials that I have, though. I'm, I'm kind of a Luddite in that aspect. <laughs> I was late to the game on a lot of things. so. But I always follow back, so... Give me a follow. And, of course, uh, dogprowrestling.com, and then 100 social medias attached to it. Uh, Jane, do you, do you know any of them off the top of your head? 
I'm lucky I know DAWGProWrestling.com. I don't have social media. Yeah, I had a MySpace back in the day. If you guys want to look it up, I'm not there anymore, but you you could at least probably try to find it. I mean, is MySpace still around or did uh did uh what's his name buy that too? <laughs> no, I no uh, uh uh Elon hasn't bought MySpace yet. I used to be in Jaden's top eight. Yeah, I think you might even well at least you made it when I when they had the top twelve, you made it in there, I think. I th- I hope so. Yeah, but don't forget, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators does have an event coming up on Saturday night, June 25th at the Max Fit Sports Center, located at 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful uptown Glassboro, New Jersey. And Jeremy, where are you from? I am originally from Evansville, Indiana, and I now live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Well, if for any reason you ever want to come to New Jersey, because pot's now legal there too, you definitely should come there and check out Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators because the main event has been signed and is a rematch. New dog heavyweight champion, classic Eric Martin, Mr. Busky himself, will be defending his newly won championship against former champion Ray Jazz. That is the main event signed. That is an excellent match, and I think Ray Jazz was a little upset because he he wasn't expecting Eric Martin in that match, but I don't think Eric Martin was expecting to wrestle Ray Jazz that night. So they both came out, and it was an excellent matchup, and I can't wait to see the rematch. Make sure you're there in person. You can buy the entire seat, but you're only going to need the edge because that match is going to be worth the price of admission alone, and it's going to be well worth coming all the way from Colorado, California, or Anywhere, coast to coast, to continent to continent. I'm stealing that from Ron Trungard. Come see Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators on June 25th. Make sure your ticket's $20, and I want to see everybody there. Dodie, you need to come from Indonesia. Everybody <laughs> needs to be there. And uh, one last plug for our pals over at Dog Pro Wrestling. I'm putting it in the chat right now. Uh, go click, like, comment, subscribe to their YouTube channel, uh, Dog Pro Wrestling, uh, just youtube.com forward slash Dog Pro Wrestling. Uh, most of the card is already up from uh, the event that took place. Just, just two matches, uh, but more will be coming. So you want to get in now while you can. And you can well, see, the see that championship the, matches. The you can see the championship. championship match and the WWGP championship match. Both worth are worth seeing. So you definitely want to come see them. So definitely go. Uh, and don't just go to the channel and watch the match. Like Hit that subscribe button. Uh, they're putting it down for you guys. Uh, you know that that channel is completely free. Those those matches literally were just Saturday night. They're already up here on uh, on on Thursday night. I mean that's a pretty good turnaround for for uh, any wrestling promotion. So go check those out. They're completely free, no obligation. But but hit that subscribe button. Maybe leave a comment and a thumbs up on those channels as well. But that's going to share it too. What's that? And share it. Oh, yeah, share it. Your obligations. You're going to watch it, and your obligations are you're going to like it, comment, subscribe it, and share it. That's what you need to obligate. <laughs> and, and keep those obligations coming. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again for being here. This is always a fun night uh, of the week. Hopefully, DKM is feeling better. I do thank you, Jeremy, for filling in, and I uh, do appreciate you being here. Hopefully, okay. we'll have you back yeah, on again good. sometime in the not-too-far future. I thank you for asking me. I had fun. And Jane, and I think Jane just ripped one and left. He just crop dusted us. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, we'll see you. At the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. 
You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.